dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. Let's face it, work is hard, and a lot of people would prefer not to work if they didn't have to. What would a world look like where people no longer worked, people no longer owned things? Wouldn't it be better? Or in fact, could it be really worse? Pope Leo XIII, in his encyclical Rerum Novarum, explores this, asking the question about the link between work and dignity. It becomes a practical question for each one of us. Why does God want us to work? What's the point and what's the blessing? I'm really excited about this series we're doing on Rerum Novarum. And that's a fancy you know, expression and it means new things, about, about a new spirit, a new uh, perspective on things. But it, it was written, of course, way back in the 1890s by Pope Leo XIII. But the reason I'm excited about it is that it really gives a perspective that we can employ and deploy in our lives too. Uh, most of us are in the world of work and if we are not directly working today, well, we definitely, our kids will be or we, we, we have in the past. And, and it always amazes me that this world of work seems to be something that priests uh, just don't address enough. And being a priest, of course, myself, I say, well, I guess I've got to do it myself. <laughs> I can't really complain that priests don't talk about it enough if I'm not talking about it, you know? And so I wanted to gather you guys together to be able to go deeper into this and gain a perspective that comes from Leo XIII by just gleaning some of the jewels from this document, some of the jewels from this writing and expounding on them for you really hoping thereby to help you to listen to the wisdom that the Catholic Church is offering to not just Catholics, but to everybody about the human condition and the role that work plays in our lives. And this, of course, is a document that became seminal for the Church of Teaching, which means like a seed, right? This is a perspective that ended up being being uh, echoed again by Pope Leo XII, by John XXIII, by Paul VI, John Paul II, Pope Francis, Pope John Benedict XVI, all of them have ended up referencing this first document. And it's because what's in here really helps all of us to understand the principles around why God wants us to work and what that, that will from God or by God of us to work implies in terms of the practical decisions that we have to make. Because, and so let's just dive in here. I'm looking at paragraph number six, seven, and eight, for example, where Pope Leo XIII spells out a vision saying that every human being who works deserves to own the product of their work. Now, I'm sure that there are a lot of people today that will make all kinds of statements about socialism and capitalism in the light of this. And, and, you know, and I would leave that debate and those discussions, you know, right where they are. 
I think it's very clear though that regardless of how things are defined or the terms are brandished about, it is clear that the Pope is saying that your work is a part of you, right? And since your work is a part of you and you, as he says, are more than just an animal, but an animal with reason who directs their life accordingly, what you produce by your work is actually a reflection of your identity and you have the right to possess what you produce. Now you can possess it outright if it's a product that you can make, but you could also possess it in terms of the remuneration, the money that you receive, your payment. And you have a right to that. And that means that if you possess money, you also have a right to possess the things that you buy with that money, including land. And the Pope is laying this out in, in an era where a lot of thinking was being done uh, in terms of taking private property away from citizens and collectivizing it in the state, really purporting that the state could do better than individual citizens to take care of the common welfare of all members of the society. And the Pope is saying, well, no, actually that's a lack of justice because if someone works with their own hands, they have the right to what they produce, the effects of that product. And, and what's even more beautiful, he's saying that you have the right to it because that's part and parcel of your dignity. And I want to underscore this because, man, when we think about the work that we do, I'm not quite sure that a lot of us take the time to really appreciate the, what that means about us who are doing that work. I mean, you are an incredible, you have to be an incredible specimen of humanity <laughs> to be able to pull off what you're doing. Are you proud of the work that you do? Are you proud of the work you do every day? There was a study that was done and it says that 70%, according to this study, of people actually feel disenfranchised from their work. And 20% of people are actively repulsed by what they do. 20%. That means one in five of you right now are actually repulsed by what you do. You don't even enjoy it. You, you're not attracted to it. You wish you weren't doing it. And 70% of you are actually disenfranchised. You don't feel like you own it. You don't feel like you really care about it. Like it doesn't have anything to do with you. And this is, is this really what God wants for work? The God who became a carpenter? Do you, can you imagine Jesus or St. Joseph <laughs> walking around being like, ah, oh, I hate doing this. I hate doing this all day, right? Is that the attitude of the, of the Virgin Mary when she's doing her housework or taking care of Jesus, walking around being like, oh, I just, laundry, huh, I just, oh, hum, you know, I hate doing laundry. This is just stinks. I, I'm not quite sure that would have been her attitude. And, and I don't think it should be ours either. What if it were differently? How could I turn myself into engaging in my work as if this was between me and God? As if I was sent here onto this earth in order to glorify God and help my fellow human beings by doing what I'm doing. I mean, obviously, my happiness quotient would go through the roof. I mean, and, and with happiness would come a peacefulness of myself that would then redound into my families, etc. This is something I think is really important for all of you who are managing other people. Remember that what you're doing as you serve your people and in, make sure that they can do what they need to do clearly and easily and with encouragement and become better thereby actually has an echo, like a ripple effect in their home lives. Because think of it, everyone who works for you is a mom or a dad who is going to take the way that they feel about themselves from their work and bring that home to meet their kids. 
and this is such, just such an important thought, that if you as the manager could help their work experience to be a positive one and help them to become proud of what they do every single day for their family, you could be a big part in changing the culture of the home that your people are going back to create. Because a, a father who's proud of himself every day at work and feels like he's significant and feels like he is someone who has just transformed the world and is in a sense a hero who's important in one way or the other is going to go home and be that same father, that same hero, that same important person, that same dignified human being towards his children at home. I think it's really safe to say that a lot of the challenges that we are facing in our home lives actually stem from the attitude that we look and have about ourselves at work. A proud person at work will be um, more apt to be a good servant of their family at home. And, and this is what the role of a manager is or a business owner. For those, it, it, this is what you're supposed to be doing day in and day out. Think of it. Think of the possibility that you have. You have a little par portion of our culture, a little portion of God's kingdom, and also of our American society that's underneath uh, your management and your care. And the higher up you are on that ladder of ownership, well, the more that responsibility is yours. But it's, it's not just a responsibility. It's an opportunity. And if I could fill that opportunity with as many ways possible to make my workers be proud of who they are and leave more dignified, well, I can do many wonderful things to heal our culture and to help our world. And, and it becomes an opportunity that makes you understand why Christ has called you into the marketplace. He's called you into the marketplace to help him save the world by it. Does your family matter? Join the St. John Leadership Network and receive a family mission infographic that will help you focus on your family. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org member and join for free today. I think that what's really enticing about the view of Pope Leo XIII uh, regarding the human worker in Rerum Navarum is that he, he doesn't hesitate to say that we have a, an innate dignity that, that is expressed by our right to own. And if we work, we produce and change things that we own as a reflection of who we are. And I think that that link, in other words, between us as individuals in our identity and our sense of, of who we are in nature and the product of our labors, it, that, that there's a link between those two, is something that is very refreshing and can really renew our own sense of pride in our work. I mean, when we think about it and we, we focus in on the problems that come in the workplace, I would warrant you that most of them uh, flow from a sense that where we find ourselves detached from what we're doing. I want to solve that. The St. John Leadership Network, we offer programs designed directly there to increase that, that link between what I do every day with my time, my energy, my mind, my hands, my back, uh, my thoughts, my words, and who I am. The Catholic vision for work, and I want to be really clear on this for everybody, is that there's a link between those two. 
that you get to be built up in who you are through what you do. And this is so beautiful because for many, we, we're tempted to separate out those two and say, well, I've got my practical life and then I have my emotional life, right? And my emotional life is like my real life. And then my practical life is just what I do every day to make money. Well, what will happen when, that, when you divorce yourself from your work? Well, your work is going to decline. You're going to just end up skipping corners where you can. You don't really care too much. You're just going to do the minimum necessary. And all of us who know if you manage people who are just doing the minimum necessary, you know how frustrating that is, right? I mean, like the difference between a worker and a good worker is that the good worker is focused on the job to be done, focused on producing what needs to be created and serving in the way it needs to be served. And though, man, when we have someone like that, isn't it marvelous? You end up just saying, gosh, this person, and you'll try to promote that person through the ranks. I mean, if you're in a healthy company, sometimes it doesn't always help happen. But I think you, you understand, right? Like that attentiveness of the mind, where does it come from? I want to decode that, right? I think it comes right from what the Pope is saying here. When a person feels as if the work that they're doing flows from them and belongs to them and that what they're creating belongs to them and reflects on them well then it stands to reason that they're going to do as good a job as they possibly can and in a situation or a state where we redefine that and take that right away from people and say well no what you're simply doing is using things on behalf of the state and the state will pay you for it etc but you don't really get to own what you're doing you're going to end up with shoddy work and that shoddy work will decline. I mean, it's, that's not me who's saying it. It's actually the Pope himself. I'm going to go ahead and read from you. This is from paragraph nine. He says, we have further proof that private ownership is in accordance with the law of nature. Truly, that which is required for the preservation of life or for life's well-being is produced in great abundance from the soil, but not until man has brought it into cultivation and expended upon it his solicitude and skill. Now, when man thus turns the activity of his mind and strength of his body towards procuring the fruits of nature. By such act, he makes his own that portion of nature's field which he cultivates, that portion on which he leaves, as it were, the impress of his personality. And it cannot be just that he should possess that portion as his very own or have a right to hold it without anyone being justified in violating that right. So it's a little bit confusing, but you see what he's saying. And, and this is a way for you that I'd like to, to really encourage you in, in your own work. You are marvelous because God has given you gifts, talents, skills, and, you, and you've chosen to deploy them against the raw matter of time or the unfinished products that are there. And every day that we go to work, we leave the world a better place behind us. I remember when I used to be a, a garbage man, believe it or not, I, I, before I was a priest, where now I take out a different kind of garbage, <laughs> I used to take in and clean the, the garbage of the, the small towns in Ohio. And uh, my uncle was a, it, the owner, of, a proprietor of a garbage uh, truck and a garbage company, and he would employ me there throwing garbage. And I remember distinctly how you'd look down those long straight streets in, in small town Ohio and say, oh my goodness, look at all of those cans sitting there. And then you, you would labor 
And at the end of the long streets, you'd look back and you'd see all of those cans, nice and neat, stacked up and emptied. And you realize what you just did. You made an impact. You know, it's like garbage men. We're cleaning up a dirty world, right? <laughs> That's the way you can really feel that about yourself, right? And some jobs, it's hard to see that, you know, but in every job, if you try, you can see something came to me incomplete and I left it complete. Something came to me dirty and I made it clean. Something came to me sick and I made it well. Something came to me out of order and I put it into order. And that when I do that, I'm impressing, of course, my own intelligence onto that matter. And through the skill of my hands and the strength of my mind, I'm able to make this world better in a way that if I wasn't there, it never would be. That's an amazing thought. And it's an amazing way to change how you see what you're doing. We need to take, I don't think it's possible for you to take too much pride. In other words, in what you do. I mean, obviously you can blow it out of proportion, but to say, you know what? If if you're not proud of your work, you're not going to be doing good work for long. It's, It's as simple as that. And so it's a great little litmus test that you can do as a manager or as an owner. Ask yourself, are my people proud to work here? Are they proud to come in every day? Do I, do they know how valuable they are? Maybe I need to be able to impress upon them more that they're not just here to make money for me or not just here to make money for the company. They're here in order to, to transform and do something which is really neat. You know, uh, a good way to do that is make sure you're in touch yourself with what your people are doing every day. And so that you too can be amazed at their own skill as they impress with their, you know, their own personality on that culture of the world that they're cultivating. It's a, it's a neat image that the Pope uses here. That work is actually a work of cultivation, taking things from an imperfect state, bringing them higher. The minds of a student, right? The, the organization of a team, whatever it is that you're doing, all of that is something that's glorious and that comes from God as you serve him by deploying your talents and your skills against the, the raw matter of the world. Would you like your business to become a virtuous workplace? Would you like Father Nathan to come to an event in your town? Visit www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash r-events and join for free today. I'm really excited to be reading Rerum Navarum with you. Uh, this document from Leo the Thirteenth on work. I'm excited about it because I'm proud, I guess, of my church uh, and the thinkers of my church and the shepherds of my church for wading into this world of industry and work with the word of God. We face all kinds of questions today. You know, think of the, the, the warehouses that are are proliferating from online companies and and the sales and the delivery systems that are changing, the world of logistics that is is happening. And and who is going to step into that workforce and speak about the rights of worker with intelligence? How can we guide a a country that says, if the economy goes up for all, then any means by which the economy rises must be deemed acceptable? Really? 
I mean, who, who's going to stand up for the rights of a worker to limit their wages, to, to limit the data tracking that's done at people on people in warehouses? You know what they're doing now? If you're working in warehouses, they can put a little tracker on you, know exactly where you are, and, and say to the second, the amount of seconds, how many seconds you have in order to process a job. Then, of course, they hold you to that standard so that you have to produce in, in a, to a mathematical you know, precision the amount of work that they've calculated for you to work from a machine. I mean, this is, this is a pretty, I mean, who's going to speak to that? How are, how are we to know what, what's right or what's wrong when it comes to the rights that certain marketplaces can, can exert over the vendors who use those marketplaces. It, it, way back with the railroads, the owners of the railroads ended up having the, the, the control and the monopolies, so to speak, over so many goods and services that depended upon the railroads to transport them. Well, if you own the railroad privately, obviously you could do whatever you wanted to with respect to who's allowed to ship on it and for how much. Well, I mean, that, of course, the government came in to regulate all of that, but it wasn't just the railroads. Now you've got the, the, the same platforms happening for online shopping and online sales or the huge discount stores that if you can't sell your goods there, how will you ever get them into the market? Who's going to speak about these questions? Well, God's holy word gives principles and direction that are for the benefit of every human being, believer or not. And if we can help conform the systems of our economy to the truth that's found about the economy in God's word, well, we're going to be blessed by what God has for us and designed for us, and our human nature will be able to flourish. But if we don't and we deviate from that, well, we're going to end up not being blessed, but on the contrary, being hurt and limited. And that's the voice of the church. That's why I'm doing these classes for you. This is why we started our ministry. It's because I'm convinced that the word of God presents a wisdom that is for the benefit and the uplifting of our human person. And part of that word of God, when it's decanted here, is what the Pope is saying. A worker deserves to be proud of their work because the work comes from them and they own, in one degree or another, the result thereof. We are able, he says, to improve our lives by our work. And through our own industry and the use of our reason to live at a higher level. And we have the right to do that. So in other words, that idea of not only just self-improvement from a psychological point of view, but self-improvement in terms of the quality of our life and the right to it, the Pope asserts it's there. Now, it's not without limits. And it's not saying that the state doesn't have a really good role to play. He even acknowledges that. But he limits the role of the state by asserting that it's founded on the family. It's in paragraph 13. He says, the right to property, therefore, which has been proved to belong naturally to individual persons, must and likewise belong to a man in his capacity of head of a family. Right? Nay, that right is all the stronger in proportion as the human person receives a wider extension in the family group. Right? So he's saying, just like you as a worker have the right of ownership that no state can intervene with or take away, so too, therefore, the family that you, that you have engendered has a right that the state cannot intervene with without limitation. 
Now, there's a rule, he says, obviously, if the members of the family are, are being, you know, hurt or they're in misery, you know, et cetera, because of what's going on, the state can intervene and make sure that every single individual has the rights that they want. But the Pope limits it, saying you got to be careful. The real power and beauty of a human person, a human family, is that we are able to move ourselves and therefore that we are responsible for our own well-being. If we take that responsibility away, that ownership of our own selves, by taking away the ownership over our work and the ability that a family has to provide of its own and to increase itself, including its possessions, through its own work, well, we're going to end up depriving each one of us of that sense of dignity and decorum, which is at the base, he, he, he goes on to say, of many other things. I mean, we look around at some of the social woes that we have today. People dressing, you know, with, with immodesty. People abusing substances and then, you know, laying around all over the place or, 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 or living in lifestyles that are completely unhealthy without any kind of care for the common good. People not contributing their taxes, people using and milking the system in many different ways. And we say, where does that come from? What are people thinking? And many people rightly put their finger and say, it's on the degradation of the family. As the family declines, so people no longer have a sense of their self. And I want to say, yes, obviously, but I want to see, I want to see that there's a relationship also, not just from the family, but from the world of work. If we could instill a sense of pride and ownership in an individual through their work, we would see them be more constructive in their home life. And if we could rebuild the home life to also see that it has an, we have an opportunity as a family to rise through our property and through our self-provision, well, I, I think you would find a healthier culture. Work has a way of cleansing and upbuilding a, a culture, a truly human work. Dignified work make, makes dignified people. And so it begins with the individual that a worker being proud of themselves will be able to reflect that same pride and that dignity, that healthy dignity in their home and then make for a family that's proud of itself and has its dignity and decorum shine forth in a society that becomes proud of itself. Right? So he's really striking at the root of it. He says at the root of everything is the sense of private property, ownership, responsibility for things, embracing the responsibility of consequences that comes from ownership, shifts and transforms and builds up the inner person. And it can do the same for the family. And as it does it for the person and does it for the family, so it will for our society as a whole. What an insight. What a powerful insight coming from God's word through the voice of the church directly to us in work. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.